Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. This message is one of those messages where I tell you guys I'm preaching to myself as much as I am to you. You know, as I was putting the sermon together, uh, I said, Lord, I just need to get my, my own mind right. And so I started praying and putting my life together and asking the Lord what's going on. And this message was birthed out of what's going on in my own life. And thankfully, I'm very thankful he was able to allow me to stay in Joshua because I'm in Joshua. I'm going to stay again there next week. So I want to stay there today. And it's about, it's about having those days, those weeks, those years where it just seems like bad news keeps coming. Sandy came up here and told you, Bad news, bad news, bad news, bad news. And you heard what she said, but I want to lighten the mood for a second. What does a bad day really look like? What does bad news look like? Well, it looks like when you wake up face down on a pavement. A bad day is when your wife says, I love you, Bill, but your name is George. <laughs> a bad day is when you call 911 and they put you on hold. It's when your pacemaker, you find out, has a manufacturer recall. A bad day is when your birthday cake, it collapses from the weight of the candles. It's when you jump out of bed in the morning and, yeah, you miss the floor. A bad day is when you turn on the news and you find out that they are showing emergency routes out of your city. A bad day is when your twin sister forgets it's your birthday. A bad day is when your horn goes off accidentally and it remains stuck while you're driving down the beltway behind a motorcycle gang. A bad day is when your boss tells you not to bother to take off your coat. A bad day is when the bird singing outside your window is a buzzard. A bad day is when your income tax check, it bounces. That means you're not getting a refund, you have to pay, okay. A bad day is when you call your answering service and they tell you it's none of your business. It's when you wake up in the morning and your braces are locked together. A bad day is when you put both contact lenses in the same eye. This is all bad news today, church. And for me, I've been getting some bad news lately. Um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I, I, I want you guys to understand that things don't always go great all the time. Look, things are going really great for me at church. God is answering prayers. God is in the middle of a giant miracle for our roof. These are blessings that I'm excited to be a part of. But in my personal life, sometimes things go haywire. And so I'm looking to scripture today to give me some comfort. And so I'm turning today to Joshua chapter 3. You can turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to give you some background on this real quick. Uh, Joshua chapter 3. So this is about a man named Joshua. Joshua was part of a crew that was stuck in Egypt under bondage and slavery. And what happened is, is all sorts of craziness happened to the Jewish people as they left Egypt trying to get to the promised land, what God had promised. And in the midst of that, they got all sorts of bad news. They escaped Egypt only to find out that all the Egyptians were chasing after them with an army to kill them. They were trying to outrun them only to find out they got to the Red Sea and they couldn't get past it and the army is now right on their heels. God then splits the Red Sea. They cross the Red Sea. God vanquishes their enemies only to find out now they're in the wilderness and they're starving. They got no food. God then rains down manna and quail from heaven. Then they find out they're thirsty. God then allows water to come out of rocks. 
Then they don't know which way they're going. God guides them with a cloud. Then they can't see at night. God comes down in a, a pillar of fire. Then they're being guided with food, water. God protects their clothing. Then they find out there's more enemies in the wilderness that are trying to kill them. And they got far fewer people than the people in the wilderness, and they're going to get taken over. And so God tells Moses to go up on a hill, raise his hands, and allows the Hebrew people to conquer all the enemies. Jehovah Nisi, his victory. Then, then, they finally get to the outskirts of the promised land. Moses sends his spies in, and instead of getting good news, they come back with a whole lot of bad news. We can't do this. This is too difficult. The giants are too big. I'm scared. We're going to die. We shouldn't do this. Then they end up wandering the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. Maybe the greatest miracle of all time, Pastor Chris and I were talking, maybe the greatest miracle. All those other miracles were outstanding. But how long are you going to live in the wilderness with no protection, no food, no water, no light, no guidance? God had to do all those things for 40 years in a row to sustain them. And then we come to Joshua. Moses passes away. The people are tired of all the bad news. The people are finally ready to do something different. Joshua now needs to lead them into the promised land. The promised land has now grown big cities, big armies, big towns, and it's across the way, and they can see it. And so they come right up to the, the boundary of the promised land. That's where we enter the story. The scripture goes, so the people left their camps to cross the Jordan, and those who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. This was the blessing. Right here, Joshua 3, verse 14. Finally, they're like, wow, I got the Ark of the Covenant. The presence of God is going ahead of me, and it's going into the promised land. Finally, finally, after 40 years, new generations, we're going to finally get to where God has promised us. But look what happens. This is verse 14. Look what happens. Verse 15. It was in the harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. This was not good news. They were pumped up. They were ready to go. Joshua was going to lead them into the promised land. They come up to the promised land, and the Jordan is overflowing. There's a giant river that's overflowing in between where God has promised them and where they are. Do you have any obstacles in front of you from what God has promised you and where you are today? What's going on in your life right now that's preventing you to get to where you need to be? There is so much going on. And, and for me, there are little things, but they're just eating me away. I told you I'm in the middle of an audit, which is just not fun. And all my papers are in storage, and I'm still trying to figure out where everything is. And then, you know, I'm trying to sell my house, and the people we're trying to buy a house from, they don't want to sell it to me. And the people who are buying my house now saying, you're waiting too long, and I don't know if I want to buy your house anymore. And now it's coming to the end of summer. And on top of that, I find out in the middle of summer, my AC don't work no more. It's broke. And then, oh, yeah, I go up to check the AC, find out my roof's leaking. I'm like, come on. Is it bad news everywhere here? And then it rains like crazy. I'm there, the roof's leaking. I go outside where my kids said, something's not right outside. I'm like, great, what's not right? My sump pump blew up outside the pole, the, the pipe outside my house, and it's spewing like 100,000 gallons of water all over my deck. It's like over and over and over again. So I'm like, fine, I'm not going to worry about all this stuff. I'm going to have faith. God is good. I'm going to go work on my sermon. I'm going to get ready for tomorrow. I'm going to do a little bit for this audit. I go to get on my computer, and the thing crashes. Just boom. Will not work. 
Of course, I've got to take it to the Apple store, but Towson's booked for the next four months. So I've got to go all the way up to Christiana Mall and drive up there. And it's, you know, it's a whole weekend long. I'm like, oh, can I get some good news? I could just use some good news. Amen. I'm sure I want you to look. This is how I am. I'm sure some of you know, look, church is good. And I'm not saying anything bad about what's going on here at church. God is good. and He gives me faith for what he's doing here. But sometimes in my work life, my personal life, you know, I just get beat down. I'm like, Lord, man, I'm trying to show the faith, but I need some good news. And I bet you there's some of you out there that could use some good news. And before I even continue, and before we get to this woe is me type mentality, and you wonder, well, why is this all happening to me? Why me? And who's thinking about me? And who's going to help me? And why can't things work right for me? Let me tell you who's thinking about you. Jesus Christ. He sits at the right hand of the Father right now. He's interceding for you and for me. He's caring about everything that's going on in your life, and he's praying to the Father that they bless you. They're just going to do it their way, not your way. The Bible says all these amazing things about who Jesus is and how much he's thinking about you. It says that you are new creation. Behold, all things pass away. All things become new, church. Get a hold of this for a second. He says he works all things together for good. He works all things together for good. This should be good news to you. If that's not good news, how about this? With him, nothing is impossible. Not a roof, not a house, not a sump pump, not a basement, not a baby, not a college, not anything is impossible for God. Bible says greater is he that is in us than is in the world. But when I hear all these things, I feel exactly like those people sometimes did in the wilderness. How could, Chris said it best, and, and I, I, I wrote it down, that's why I put this paper here, because this is a quote from our youth pastor, which I think should be famous. How do you observe a miracle the size of the Red Sea and then doubt in the desert? How do you get through the Red Sea, see all that, see the water as, as a wall, walk through it, get into the desert, and then doubt that God is going to help you? But look, the reality is, is they did doubt. The reality is, is I have fears, I have concerns, I have worries, and it, sometimes it, 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 it bogs you down. Because this is what they saw. You see, they were looking for some good news. They got through the Red Sea, they got through the wilderness, they got through the enemy, and they came up to this. This is what they came up, this was not good news. If I saw that, if you saw that, that would strike some doubt in my mind. Here's the amazing thing. They spent 40 years in the wilderness. Don't you think God could have picked the right time to cross the Jordan? He told them to go at the harvest time, the springtime. Why did he put that in the Bible? So I said, I don't know. I looked it up. It didn't take long. You can look up currents and river flows and flood zones. All these things are really easy to do these days. The Jordan River floods in the springtime. It looks like that. Why would he tell them to cross in the springtime? Why would he tell you to keep moving forward when things look like that? Because he wants to demonstrate his power, church. Sandy, I don't know, and I'm telling you, I am confident that God did not cause any of those things in your life. You see, sin brings disease, and sin of the world allows our bodies to just be contaminated. And we have to live through it. But I tell you what, God wanted to demonstrate his power. And in miraculous ways, not once, not twice, but three times in your children's life, that God has demonstrated his power. They wanted good news. 
They wanted good news that looked like this. Now, this is verse 16. I don't know if you're following along here. I was at 14, 15. This is verse 16. One verse later, it says, look at this. The riverbed, the one I just showed you, was dry. Then all, and all the people was two million people. Say two million. Two million people walked through a dry land, that Jordan River. Then all the people crossed over to Jericho. This is the good news they wanted. They wanted the altar to come by. They wanted to follow God's presence, and they wanted to walk by on dry land. That was the good news. This is what God wants to do in your life. He wants to get you through the difficult times in your life now, take you out of your position, turn you and put you into God's position, but you're going to have to go through some stuff in the middle. Now, I preached this message before, but there was one little point I wanted to point out today, and I'm going to do it in just about a few minutes here, and then we're going to close. The first point is God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. If he gives a prophetic word over you, if God commits something in your life through prayer, if you see something in the word that God is speaking in your life, God keeps his promises. Everything I said before, new creation works all things together for good. With him is nothing impossible, and greater is he that is in you are his promises, and they're yea and amen. This is an example. They came out of the Red Sea through the Jordan. He got to Jericho. They got to the promised land, and God got them there. He will keep his promises for you. And isn't this what we want? We want God to do this in our life. But there's something in between. I want to show you what took place in between the second half of verse 15 and the first half of verse 16. There's some dot, dot, dots there. Because a little section right there that we skip over, I want to point out to you. Show you right here. Joshua 3, 15 and 16. It says, but as soon as the feet of those who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away. As soon as the feet of those carrying the ark touched the water, the water began backing up a great distance. You mean this water? It just started backing up so I could walk over it. Now, I talked to my wife about this. I said, split this, split this. The Bible was pretty simple. They had to go up, and it says, they had to touch the water. Look at that. I just want that to sit in your mind for a second. I'm going to come back to it because this is what's important. Why is this river in their way? Why is this river standing in the middle between where they are and where they need to be? Why is this river standing in the middle of their promises? Why is this river standing in the middle of their future? Why is this happening? Because God wants you to be part of the good news. When Jesus Christ came, he said, greater work shall you do. I will send my spirit to send upon you in the last days. He wants you to be part of the good news. He wants you to share the good news. And not just the good news of the Bible, not just what Jesus did. Not that that is a low thing, because what Jesus did was the highest order thing that could possibly happen in all humanity. But to say that he's not resurrected and working your life today is just as bad. He died and was resurrected. He's doing something in your life that's equally important. Are you sharing it? So he has giant rivers in your life because he wants you to be part of the good news. Think about this way. Some of us have pasts. How did the Israelite people, how did the Hebrew people get here? They got here by escaping their past through a split river. And how are they going to get to their future? They're going to get to a future through a split river. God's going to use the miracles of your past, church, 
to bring you in to the miracles of your future. And if you say to me today, the Lord hasn't done anything in my past, then today's the day to get started because he's about to. And if you're on the brink of your ministry and wondering what is stopping you, he's about to use the same type of miracle more than likely to move you into the future. Look at this. This is the same verse, 15 and 16. I just wanted to highlight this. He touched the water. It says, soon as those carrying the ark touched the water. Again, you mean this? Put it up one more time. How in the world are you going to put your foot in that? Where are you going to put your foot in that? You're going to hang from a tree and, and kind of dip it in? There's no doubt in my mind. You put your foot in that, and you are going in. I mean, any one of us has kids like, stay away, stay, I can see. You're going to fall. even as an adult. And they're carrying the ark. How are they going to step into that? Church, get your head around this for a second. God is asking us. He is saying our faith needs to be big enough. It needs to be as, as like a lion. needs to be as like a giant that we are willing to first put our foot in the middle of our mess. We need to get up in there. We need to put the foot. And the moment we put the foot in there, then the Lord demonstrates his power. God, listen to this. God will use your life to demonstrate his power. Sandy, God will use your life to demonstrate his power. Saray and Jared, God will use your life together to demonstrate his power. Miss Carol, God is using your life to demonstrate his power. And so forth and so on through this church. He wants to use your life, which means you're going to have to be willing to get your feet wet a little bit. Imagine the faith of stepping into that. That must have been very difficult. That was some bad news seeing that Jordan River. How much more bad news must it have been to say, hey, Sean, go step your foot in there now. Like, really, Lord? Can't we just split it? The good news here, church, is that God wants to use you. When things are coming in your life that are all just pressing you down and weighting you down, more than likely, you're probably under attack. They were under attack. People were all around them, behind them, in front of them, they were under attack. But God wants to use your life for his good news. One more thing before we get it twisted. Look at the, this verse one more time and I highlight a different part of it. Joshua 3, 15, 16. This time I highlight the front part. But as soon as those who carried the ark, if you try, if you try and do all of what I'm talking about on your own, you will fail. And if by some miracle that you create for yourself, you succeed, you're going to take all the glory for yourself. But if you carry God's presence with you, which now, because the veil of the temple was split and his presence came out, resurrected Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit came down, can indwell in all of us, now we can carry God's presence with us. And what happens when we do? Now we can step in the river. Now we can allow our past to become our miracle of the future. We don't have to look at our past like it's this awful thing that we need to scare. And I hope God doesn't remember any of it. That's false. God doesn't remember your sin of the past, but certainly your past. And he's going to use it for your future. How do I know that? I want you to look at this verse. Maybe the second or third most famous verse in all of scripture. It's not John 3.16. If you have a tattooed verse on you, it probably is this one. It's Philippians 4.13. For I can do 
everything or all things through Christ who strengthens me, who gives me strength. Most people say this is their favorite verse. I want you to think about this verse for a second. I just need two more minutes and then we'll close this out. I love this verse too, and usually I don't have time to correct people when they say it. Um, so I'm going to use the Bible to do it today. You hear this verse when people say, oh, I got to get pumped up for a big event that's taking place or a big challenge that's taking place or a big obstacle like going through this river. You know, I can do all things through Christ and Christ is in you. Christ is in you. Christ is in you. And yes, you can do all things. But he really means, by the way, he really means all things, not just the good things. It doesn't mean he's going to give you strength to do just all the good things, and so you get all these blessings. You're going to have to do all, even the bad things through Christ who strengthens you. Look at the verse. It says, quote, For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know now how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, good and bad, whether it is a full stomach or empty, whether it is of plenty or little. For I can do everything. Church, what I'm here to tell you is, no matter what you're going through today, the good or the bad, it is good news. God will use it to allow him to work his power through you. The bad and the good. And if you're going through the bad, don't wish it away. Allow God to do his miracle in your life. If you're in the good, you better be telling everybody about it. Everybody about it. So that he'll continue to work. Be faithful in the little things. Amen? One more verse here to get you pumped up before you go. As I think about this, I need to share this for a second. It just came on me. Some of us some of us have to go through the desert. Some of us wander around the desert over and over and over. And God is saying to somebody right now, it's time to step out of the desert and into the river. Somebody's got to step into the river. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to be different. It's going to be challenging. Somebody's got to step in the river. And before you think that that's all this super spiritual thing that you can't put your head around, I want to show you this verse right here, John 7, 38. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture said, rivers of what? Rivers of what? Living water will flow from within them. God says that he will flow rivers of living water in you. The waters we're talking about here, stepping into, very possibly could be the rivers that God is pouring inside your own soul so that you would pour out into other people. The living waters inside allow you to manifest the Holy Spirit and pray for people, to, to ask for healing from God and see people get healed. Bring people and lead them to Christ. Allow the living waters inside your life to flow out. Don't be in the desert and be dry inside and be tired and be worried and be not unsure what God is doing and be high on anxiety and always worried about sin. No, live in living water. Allow it to flow from you. Allow Jesus to do in it even in the bad in Jesus' name. Who's with me? Okay, I've shouted so much I'm sweating, church. I think this is all I got, but I want to tell you today that God wants to use you. He wants you to be part of the good news. And I am really excited. Nothing in my life has changed. Every time I turn around, I open the mail, I get home, talk to a neighbor, I get a phone call from work. It's just bad news. But I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. 
because I know that I got rivers of living water. And there's no place I'd rather be than in his presence. If we knew that God was going to manifest this miracle about the roof two years ago, we wouldn't have worried a bit. If those people knew God would split that river, they wouldn't have worried a bit. It's probably why the priests put their feet in the water anyway. God is about to do a miracle in your guys' lives. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? We need to have faith like the Hebrew people. We need to have faith like we're looking at the Red Sea split. Faith like the Jordan is split. Faith like we're about to march around Jericho. We got to find it deep down inside. And the Bible says he's given you living water so that you may pour out among your people, pour out among your circumstances, pour out among your life the same rivers. But this time not to do harm, to bring life and that more abundantly to everyone you see and come in contact with. And if there are people in your circles who aren't bringing life and that more abundantly, if there are people who are bringing destructive rivers in your life, get them out. Because you are filled with living water. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.